Looking at our world from Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, July the 7th, 2023. It is currently 3.19 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and anyone else who may be interested, I have finally arrived back at home. In fact, I just pulled up in the driveway maybe 15 minutes ago, and I went and grabbed the equipment, brought it back up to the studio, hooked it all back up, and was like, okay, let's do a live broadcast to make sure everything is working correctly. And well, as soon as I go live, what do I do? I don't have everything set up correctly. So the intro didn't play. It may have played. I don't know if it was playing on Spreaker or not. It may have been playing, depending on which platform you were listening. I don't know if you could hear the beginning of the intro. Then I stopped it because, well, not everything was hooked up correctly, but I was afraid of that. So for those who have no clue what's going on, yes, I am back. I have been in Boston slash Salem. I got there, what, Monday? Been there. I was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the left early, early, early this morning. I had to wake up at 3 a.m., Got to the Boston airport. We left for the Boston airport at four. Um, and then our flight left at five something. I don't even remember. And then we flew from Boston to Dallas. Then we were, you know, in the Dallas airport for, I don't know, the layover was like two hours, three hours. I have no idea. It's all numbers. Then we finally get in a plane to go from Dallas to Abilene and we sit on the runway. It seems like forever. It, we just sat there and sat there and sat there. And finally, we took off and then from Dallas to Abilene, it's like, I don't know, literally feels like a 15 minute flight. You go up and then boom, you go down and you're in Abilene. So um, we finally arrived in Abilene, got the car, paid for the parking. $50. Yeah, what is that? Okay. All right. Then, then drove here and immediately came in and thought, you know what? I, I definitely am not... <laughs> And a situation where I can do any actual teaching or commentary or analysis of anything because I haven't been to sleep basically in forever. So I'm really tired. But yes, we have returned from Boston and Salem. And I wanted to just hook everything up and just do one one broadcast that where any problems, any sound problems, any issues could be addressed. Like obviously when we got ready to start the intro, well, I don't know if you could hear it. Not, it was not playing for me. So immediately I think I've gotten that fixed because now if I play the intro, it should play for everyone. Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. I can hear it. I'm assuming you. all my indicators say you can hear it. Um, I The microphone volume seems to be okay. Everything seems to be okay. But yes, as soon as I came in, I got, grabbed all the equipment, brought it back up to the studio, set it all up, hooked it all up and thought, you know what? Let's go live now. I can't really do any teaching or analysis because I just I don't think I could do a decent program right now make sure everything is working, then that's just done with. And then come tomorrow, 
come tomorrow, hopefully I can do a number of live broadcasts. Obviously, right now, Mike, I'm, I'm in kind of panic mode because it's Friday, 3.22 p.m. Central Time. Sunday morning, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to teach for an hour for Sunday school, teach an hour for Sunday morning, teach an hour for Sunday night. That's three hours of teaching and it's Friday. So I haven't done a lot of, you know, working on the book of Jeremiah, which is where we have to be on Sunday, right? We can't take a Sunday off. So um, I'll, that's tomorrow is going to be trying to do preparing and recording when I can. So we'll see how it goes. But I did want to turn on the microphone and say this. First, my trip to Salem, as always, because I, this is my second time to, to Salem. I, so when I say as always, the first time and the second time, both times, I always leave Salem on one, on one, one part of me so depressed and discouraged and frustrated and irritated. On the other hand, I always leave Salem going, I want to live there. Okay. So like, it's this weird, ah, it's this, it's this contradictory feeling that I walk away with. There's just no way to explain it. The depression, the discouragement is just hearing everything that happened. Like what in the world? How, did that these puritans these these um pastors these these theologians i mean cotton mather who wrote what he wrote, wrote like 400 books i don't even know how many books this this one who's well respected for his theological insight how could these men of such great theological insight basically be completely deceived by Teenage girls, like, like how did teenage girls convince an entire city I mean, at that time, basically that, you know, witches were all over the place and the whole town and the church was being infiltrated by witches and, and it led to people being killed and murdered. I mean, and it was crazy. And, and anyone who basically said, Hey guys, guys, we got to stop listening to these kids. We got, we got to stop listening to these kids. One gentleman basically said, Hey, we got to stop listening to these kids. You know, what they need is to basically be whipped. And well, then they accused him of being a witch and then he was hung. It was, it was insane. It was just every time, the more I learn about how it all happened, the more I'm just, I am shocked. I am horrified that once again, it just demonstrates people with the Bible, people who believe in God, people who believe in Jesus, the Puritans, even with their theological understanding and theological background, they were literally deceived by teenage girls. They were literally deceived by teenage girls. And, and the, and the evidence they were using was, it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll talk all about it. We'll talk all about it. But, uh, so my, my, my trip this time, we went to the witch house, which was really the house of the judge who oversaw the Salem witch trials. As I said, they call it the witch house because he was the judge who, who, you know, was presiding over the witch trial. If you even call them an actual trial, the, the, the horrific things that occurred, then we went to the uh, witch are basically it's called the witch dungeon museum and then the witch history museum. And then we did a, a nighttime walking tour 
of Salem, dealing mainly with history, uh, like more some history pertaining to the witch trials, and then ghosts and you know supernatural occurrences within you know Salem. So um, all of it was amazing. All of it was amazing. Loved all of it. But as because we went to so many things, we, we, we were going to break it up to two days, but it basically turned into back to back to back to back. We just went from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. So we were hearing a lot of their presentations, a lot of their information. And, 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 and what was kind of frustrating is that, that in some cases you are having a hard time trying to just put it just trying to put it in some kind of chronological order, right? Like, we're like, well, wait a minute. So, wait, so, so-and-so, wait, wait, so-and-so, so-and-so. And and some of it, you know, was not completely, you know, accurate, you know. It's like um, the 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 slave who was very instrumental and, in, 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 you know, basically being accused of a witch, and then she made all of these claims— it was for some they almost treated her like you know she she would have been a slave from uh, from Africa but she wasn't she she would have been Indian so there there were certain there were certain facts that you were like well wait a minute I'm not so sure about this and then they were like well wait a minute how did this work and then there were facts that that were left out some of that was was kind of you know frustrating but I was trying to piece it all together because you know I've I have read about the I mean the the Salem witch trials have fascinated me probably since the very first time I heard about them, right? The very first time, I mean, a long time ago. So, um, because I've, it's just it's just so crazy how it all went down. So we went to, so that would be the Witch House, the Dungeon Museum, the, the, the Witch History Museum, and then the Walking Tour. And that took, you know, all afternoon, all into the evening. I think we left Salem... It was sometime after 10 or 11 p.m. when we finally drove out of Salem that evening. And again, I, I, I drive away conflicted. I drive away like, how did this ha- how How did it happen? Like, how did it happen? And at the same time, it, it, it makes me just realize we've seen the same thing play itself out over and over. And over. all you have to do is just create that's coming for us. That's going to destroy us. And then you just, it just leads to panic. And then people just throw out all forms of rationality. There's no logic. They're not being rational. They're not even being theological or biblical. They just lose their mind. And of course, use scripture, use God, use Jesus to justify some of the most horrific and horrendous actions you can imagine. Where, and in that case, the same witchcraft, innocent people being killed children accusing parents of being witches husband accusing wife of being a, a witch it was just and it was just complete insanity and then when you really get into it a lot of it there was so much underhanded stuff going on where some of it was you know it was just an attempt to get people's property it, in, a, in a sense what it, it almost became a way to to settle grudges if you had someone if you had something against someone in the church if you were didn't like them or you thought they were a questionable care accuse them of a witch and next thing you know they would be killed oh yeah and someone else would get their property it was insanity uh, the the dungeon museum was really awesome in a sense that it, it was kind of where, where they kept these people who were accused of being a witch. And if you went, when you go down there to see the conditions they were kept in, it were, was beyond horrific. Many of them were tortured to get their confession. It was just, 
everything about it is just utterly horrifying. It's just horrifying, 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 horrifying. So I, again, I leave conflicted. I'm like, that's that in a, in a roundabout way. When everyone talks about Puritans and the Puritan writers and Puritan theology and, and, and the Puritan philosophy, to me, Salem is the failure of Puritanism in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I know some may would argue from a historical point, but I think it, it all it collapsed in and of itself. It failed right there. The, the, the city on the hill became a nightmare. And, and it, it, it's just, it's just so sad. It, it is so sad. And, and yeah, so I always leave just hating it in so many different ways. But at the same time, there's just something about Salem that I absolutely love. There's just something about the city. I can't explain it. I, it, it, it defies maybe logic or reason. I just love the place. But at the same time, it, it does make me question it, it makes me question how Christians think. It makes me question the way we have an enemy and attack an enemy. It, it makes me sometimes question, do we even have reason or, or logic? It makes me once again, much more convinced over and over and over that the Christian teaching idea that if you become a Christian, you know, we, we can see the truth. We have a greater understanding than those who are like, you know, that we have the Holy Spirit who will lead us into all truth. That entire city, the pastors, everyone were deceived by teenage girls. So don't give me some that they knew the truth and they had some greater insight and no, they were deceived by teenagers it's insanity it's total insanity and 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 they were they were going against their own laws they were going against even their own ideas and how you should determine if someone is a witch or not and it was just and it didn't matter it didn't matter what someone did it didn't matter if someone could give the right answer someone could say the right answer and then they would still be hung because, hey, guys, remember, one of them was a for, was a was a was a, a former minister. And they're like, well, recite the Lord's Prayer because, you know, Satan couldn't do that. He recites it perfectly. According to some reports, like 10 minutes, he recites it perfectly. I'm not a witch. I know the Lord's Prayer. I love, you know, I love Christ and, and basically saying all the right words. And they're like, hey, guys, Satan can appear as an angel of light hang him and they, they 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 hung him and you're like what in the world like how does this stuff happen like there was no way to defend yourself right if you said the only way to defend yourself is to basically claim that satan was giving you information and you couldn't give them all the information at once but you could continue to give them names of other people who were witches therefore you can't kill me because i'm willing to give you all the information but i just can't give it to you you got to you got to string it out as long as you can that, that was your only real way of 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 surviving it almost and it, it was it was just so crazy. So there is my my normal depression now. Discouragement just sits in. It just makes you question so many things that's happened in the history of Christianity. So many things where I think Christians demonstrate over and over that sometimes we're definitely on the wrong side of history. And sometimes we, uh, you know, you if you jump from Salem. What, that's 1692. It's a number. I'll probably miss it right now. 1692. Um, and then you jump to say the 1980, the late 1970s, the 1980s to the great Satan panic, the great satanic panic of that time. 
I mean, I, I lived through the great satanic panic. And once again, after that was all over and it all turned out to be a lies and fraud, guess what? Did Christians come back and apologize and repent? And no, they just moved on to the next grand conspiracy, the next big, who's the boogeyman now? Who's gonna, who's out to destroy us now? And then what are we going to do about it? Because, and, 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 and someone always benefits from the great panic. So it just makes me think, how often has Christians been on the wrong side of, of truth and facts and evidence and logic and reason and, I don't, sanity? So it's, it's crazy. One thing I did do, because I, I was getting frustrated trying to piece all of the, the elements together, it may be the best book that I, it's the only book I can really recommend at this time, really dealing with the Salem Witch Trials. It is called The Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of a community under siege. A The Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of a community under siege. I think they were selling the physical copy in at the witch house in the gift shop. I ended up just getting it for the Kindle. Um, it's still... Uh, cost me a little bit of money, but I thought it was worth it. It's the Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of a community under siege. It's based on over 20 years of original archival research. This history unfolds a nearly day-by-day narrative of the Salem Witch Trials as the citizens of Salem experience the outbreak of hysteria. It's 1,112 pages long. 1,112 pages long. I would recommend anyone who's ever even slightly interested. Now, what they do is they take information that the historical documentation that they have found and try to put together a day by day chronicle. Now, some of it, it's being, it's being reported as this is what happened, but they're, they're saying this is what happened according to whoever they're referencing at the time. And, uh, and so I think. In some ways, if you kind of know the general history of it would probably be good. And you can read the general history online about what happened in Salem. But this will kind of, some of the names start going, oh, and oh, and like, wait a minute. And then then, then some of it it goes against kind of what you hear even in Salem. When it's not, it necessarily goes against what you hear. Well, some of it does. Mainly, all of the presentations in Salem, for the most part, obviously are very are like the cliff note versions. So they throw things in and they don't, they may leave something out like, well, wait a minute. Those three individuals were actually transported to Boston and held in prison in Boston. And that, that gets leaved out. They, 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 everyone always records it like they were, they were in jail there in Salem. And no, they were actually taken to Boston. I don't even know how long they were in Boston. I'm still trying to piece that together. And so, but you can, by reading it, at, at times it's tedious because it just, it gives you like anything they know from history about that time, the weather, pol- just local governmental politics, anything, um, armed conflicts that were going on with the French and, and, and uh, the native tribes at, at that time, anything that was going on, they'll give you that information just to kind of paint the overall historical setting for what happened. Now, they do leave out... Um, the only thing I wish, I think the book should start, this is my own personal idea, the book should start with talking about 
I believe it was the smallpox epidemic. Because according to some sources, before the witch trials, before the witch hysteria kicks off, maybe a year before, maybe less than a year before, half of the population of Salem died because of a smallpox uh, epidemic. Now, if that many people died, you could see that would already make people extremely fearful. And and of course, it it seemed common at that time when tragedy occurred, it was Satan, 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 Satan was out to get us, Satan, Satan's out to get us, Satan's doing it, Satan is doing, doing it. So that would have set them up in some ways for the hysteria. That's at least that's my own argument right now that I'm making. I may, I may, I have to do more research to verify the severity of the epidemic, how many people actually died, the dating of it in relation to uh, 16, I believe 92. Um, and so I, I'll, I'll continue to do some research on that. But I would just recommend everyone check out that book, The Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of a community under siege. I've been reading it off, off and on when I can and uh, trying to piece it together with everything I heard in Salem. But we will definitely be talking about it. Uh, 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 I don't know if we'll do specific episodes about Salem, but some of the concepts and philosophies and some of the warning signs that I think scream at you from what happened there, we will try to impose or at least use that, that information Whenever we're talking about what's the new controversy within Christianity, what is everyone screaming about today in Christianity? What is everyone up in arms today? What is about five seconds away from destroying the church? What do we all need to be scared of? What do we need to do? What, what, you know, then I, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to become more and more jaded and skeptical of those claims because all you got to do is point to the enemy, reference Satan. Satan's out to get you. Satan's out to get you. They're coming for your children and then just lead and then people lose their minds. And that's exactly what happened in Salem in 1692. If you ever get a chance to go to Salem, I would highly recommend it. Um, Going at this time of year, it's definitely a little humid and warm. It doesn't have the same – in the evening, it's nice and cool. Um, It doesn't have the same feeling or vibe, say, as October. But also in October, you have about 200,000 people – pour into Salem for their month-long celebration of all things witch trials, witches, supernatural. I mean, the I'll put it this way. That city definitely has they did not, because of what happened, they did not continue to grow as a city that embraced anything that would even completely would even remotely look like historical biblical Christianity. They have absolutely rejected that outright. I think one of the first churches there is not like a, it's a Unitarian church. I believe it's a Unitarian church. I mean, like, like anything that would like, and what's crazy is you don't, you won't find anything there representing or, or trying to preserve Puritan history, even though the Puritan, that was, you know, one of the Puritan, you know, the Puritanism was right there. Um, all of that is gone. It, it's just crazy. Like, as like a, the Puritans, you talk about just utterly destroy <laughs> any gospel, quote unquote, witness. It was destroyed. It was gone. And that city, no, 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 no. They, they, they're not looking for anything related to biblical Christianity in any way, shape or form. And you can't blame them with that kind of history. 
And once again, it demonstrates when Christianity is, quote unquote, in charge of the law, you don't get a city on the hill. You don't get a utopia. You don't get heaven on earth. You get hell on earth. You get murder. You get death and you get insanity. And that's why I oppose Christian nationalism at every single turn. And it's crazy that the Puritans who came here to escape religious persecution persecuted anyone and everyone they could. And that's, that's, I'll never, I'll never understand. Christians want, scream about religious freedom and then want to deny other people freedom. So, yeah, I always have strong feelings about Salem when I, when I leave for days. I, I can't, like, it always just has a massive impact on me. I, I can't, it just has an emotional impact on me. I can't imagine living at that time, watching it all unfold. And then I, I'll try to read the Puritan side of things and listen to them, you know, talk scripture and Satan and God, but it, it just, they start sounding completely like they've lost the plot, considering what they're doing and how the people were treated. And the horrible things that happened and the people that were killed and the, and the insanity that ensued. And, 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 and yeah, I think only one person ever issued a, a true public apology. I think only one person. And she wasn't a pastor. Um, I think it was one of the, the girls or, uh, or one of the women. She, I think she was a girl at the time. I think she finally offered some kind of an apology. But I don't think anyone else ever issued a, a public apology. They just moved on. And I see that within Christianity all the time. Look at sometimes we get things wrong and we should admit that. And maybe we should stop acting like because we're Christians, we have supernatural insight into things and that, oh, see, they don't, the world isn't blind. We can see. Can we? Can we really see? How many times have Christians got things so horribly wrong? So, yeah. All right. But the book. The Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of a community under siege. I really think it's worth it. Um, it does its best to try to put it in order. It may be a little confusing reading it because they're not really they're not really offering commentary or or analysis. They're just like on this day, uh, it'll give you the date, like March the sixth, sixteen ninety-two, and they get, now they will write it kind of like a narrative. They they do you know try to punctuate it and structure it like you're reading a narrative, but it's really just to capture, hey, based off the history we have, this is what happened on that day. And then just go on to the next day. And if they don't know, they'll say like, well, a sermon was preached on this day, but we have no record of what the sermon was. If they have a record of the sermon, they'll give you kind of a brief overview of what the sermon was on, which of course is another interesting thing, trying to track down the sermons that were being preached in the Puritan church at that time. And it seemed like all they could ever talk about was Satan. Okay, but that's a whole different subject because they really thought they were under attack and because some <laughs> teenage girls <laughs> basically deceived them all. Now, there are three theories about what was happening to the girls, just so that you know. One, they, they were having basically epilepsy. They were having seizures. Okay. Two, that there was some kind of plant that has some kind of fungus on it that impacted them and caused kind of delirium that basically it's the same ingredients. I think one museum said that was, that's an LSD. So they basically, they spent that year tripping and they were, but the only problem with that theory is why would it just be a few girls, right? Why wouldn't it be everyone in the city? So 
that there's that that one and the in in of course the third theory is that they were actually being tormented by some demonic spirit but there's nothing that seems to indicate that especially when you see how the girls played the game right <laughs> yeah yeah and when you definitely see when you read everything about it like someone's being accused and so that th- they'll they'll make any any uh, like they're accusing this woman and the woman makes any movement then the girls are acting out in court and falling down going ooh she's hurting me she's hurting me and then when the 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 court officials will like grab the woman's hand and say don't move then all of a sudden the girls would be like oh we're we're okay now and it's like well it, she's a witch like it's the whole thing's just re- crazy clearly to me I am convinced the girls were just playing everyone uh, they made it up. And then it became bigger. Then they lost control over everything. And then everyone got involved and then everyone started accusing everyone. Because in a roundabout way, you wanted to accuse someone before they could accuse you. All good Christian folk, all good Christian people, all good Christian people who could recite the catechism, who who knew (laughs) theology, all literally Killing, murdering, lying, deceiving, backstabbing, stealing land. I mean, so much corruption was involved in the entire mess. Now, I know someone, our get out of free jail card is always, none of them were saved. All right. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. They were all sinful human beings and it it demonstrated itself. But enough with that. This is supposed to be a test. So. I've received no messages that there's anything wrong with the sound. Um, Nothing's happened with the internet. So I'm assuming everything is hooked back up. We did have the little problem at the beginning. I do apologize for that. But hey, there you go. The book, The Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of a community under siege. You can probably hear it in my voice. I am literally physically and mentally wiped completely out. (laughs) Completely. So I am going to do a lot of resting and then hopefully tomorrow morning, this microphone goes live and we start working and we've got a lot to do. Um, Jeremiah, hopefully you've been working on all of your assignments and uh, you can start emailing me, newsif at yahoo.com. All those who emailed me while I was gone, a lot of new people emailed me, um, new listeners, asking me very important theological questions or about older episodes. I will get to all of them as soon as I can, but we have a lot to catch up on. And we'll try to do that starting tomorrow. So thank you for listening. In the meantime, check out that book on the Salem Witch Trials. And if you've never done some basic research on it, you really should. It's just a a great example of fear, hysteria, conspiracy thinking, paranoia, suspicion, craziness, all done in the name of... God, in the name of scripture, in the name of Jesus, in the name of fighting the evil spirits. Yeah, the evil spirits they were fighting while they were doing evil. It's just crazy. You know, when you think it's it's always messed up when you think you're fighting evil and the reality, the evil that actually that you should be fighting is the evil that you are and what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're conducting yourself. When you're more evil than the evil you're fighting... Something's wrong. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. I'm just going to, I'm probably just going to lay down and pass out and slip into unconsciousness now. But all right. Thank you for listening. Everyone have a great day.
God bless.